learning and you need to kind of managing up your mentorship. So when you approach somebody, you want to propose specific goals or specific ideas. It's not a point blank. Do you want to be my mentor? Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. I'm Kim Skorupski. On today's episode, we have my dear friend, Dr. Giorgio Raimondi. Giorgio, how are you? I'm doing great, Kim. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm better now that I get to see your smiling face. Giorgio is one of our faculty members who always has a smiling face. And ever since on the podcast, I switched from pure audio where I had a microphone and people would call in by Skype and now we're doing by Zoom. I think it's so it's so much more fun for me, the extroverts, I get to see the other person. And now we're, now we're just recording on Zoom. But Giorgio has one of these faces that no matter when you see him or what he's doing or what's happening, he has a happy face. Why don't you tell the Faculty Factory audience who you are and what you do here at Hopkins? Sure, be happy to, and I can guarantee I'm smiling when I'm saying these things. So I am an assistant professor in the Department of Plastic Reconstructive Surgery here in the School of Medicine at Hopkins. I co-direct as an associate director what we call the VCA Lab, which is an acronym for the Vascularized Composite Allotransplantation Lab, a big name for a laboratory that deals with the transplantation of limbs which is a topic that is uh, of interest to this department. And uh, our laboratory, it's a multi-PI, multidisciplinary laboratory that focuses on research related to multiple aspects of uh, this uh, um, discipline of surgery. So we have PIs that work in aspect of microsurgery, tissue engineering and regeneration, nerve research. And when I take over our mostly uh, the project that relates to immunology of transplantation. So why we reject the transplants and uh, my interest is in uh, defining a more effective and smart strategy of treatment, of alternative strategy of treatment of transplant rejection. So immunotherapies, and oh we do this through multiple collaborations with the fantastic people that are here, Hopkins and outside. So that's what keeps me happy. Thank you, Giorgio. So I was going to kind of introduce what you're doing, but I think you should do it because it's your creation. So why don't you um, tell people what you're going to uh, share with us today? Well, thank you. And and, and first of all, thank you again, Kim, for giving me this opportunity to to share my thoughts here in in your podcast. I, I really hope this can be of help for other people. So the, the initiative that I wanted to share uh, with uh, your listener is something that we call the MAP meeting, M-A-P. And uh, it's an initiative that uh, I started, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one doing this. It's just that we give it a structure and a name, I guess. But it's practically a very structured way of performing a peer mentoring-based kind of meetings so that uh, people that are going through the process of career development. Uh, we are oriented as junior faculty uh, at our early stage. I don't see why this is going to be applied at any stage, honestly. But it's this idea that, uh, uh, at least to me, I feel like mentoring is one of the most important things for having a, a meaningful and successful uh, career in academia and outside. And uh, together with uh, other faculty, junior faculty, we found ourselves sometimes talking around lunch and so forth, like, oh, I wish I had a 
better mentoring or my mentor cannot really help me on this or I don't have a mentor. I know that there is a lot of emphasis on mentoring and uh, the idea that we need better systems in uh, academia. And of course, this is not trying to replace that. We still need more experienced uh, investigators to mentor us. But the idea, our initiative was, well, can we run some sort of meeting or initiative that is recurring, that it's not just a one-time thing where we can help each other as peers. And this was particularly felt um, here at Hopkins, I feel among scientists like me, that I'm a basic scientist and I'm in a clinical department where we feel that despite all the care and the interest that there is from the department in providing us with mentorship, there is practically not the knowledge of what is needed for a basic scientist to keep progressing in his or her career. And uh, this feeling was shared by other faculty members in other clinical departments that were performing basic science. And uh, so we decided, why don't we do something? Why don't we get together? Um, I remember we discussed this. Actually, we knew, we came to you, the original group that wanted to do something. And by discussing also with people, I think you brought us to talk with people in the School of Pharmacy, no, in School of Nursing, I think it was. And they gave us this idea of having regular meetings where the people attending the meeting can bring up ideas of issues and discuss them and have a forum of conversation where people feel safe, which is one of the key aspects, in discussing this issue. And also considering all possible solutions. And then following up on, on this idea. So elaborating on this suggestion and so forth, the connection, as you mentioned too, came in my mind to the WACs and uh, this idea of establishing a, really a structure of regular meetings with very specific directions on what you do during those meetings. And the part that is very important also is the accountability part that uh, every follow-up meeting, uh, you need to report on uh, the suggestion that we're giving the previous one. So we decided to try this experiment and say, can we get together on a white style, but instead of doing using it for writing and being more productive in our writing, we use this as uh, venue for giving and receiving uh, mentoring and feedback on ideas and issues. So that was the general idea. And I have to say, it was great. We started it. That was what we call the version 1.0 of this uh, initiative, which lasted, I think, for a year, a year and a half, and then kind of fell apart. So that taught me a couple of things. And that's actually how we went into what I call the version 2.0, which is the one that we call the map. And this idea that we need to have an even better structure and, and better idea on how to perform this meeting. And uh, the lightning bolt, honestly, to, to be totally honest, is that, again, I did not invent anything original myself. I just put things together. An additional input came from when I discovered that in the industry, there is this uh, initiative that is called the mastermind groups. And uh, after learning uh, how those were done and uh, what people were doing, which comes from listening to podcasts, I always love to nerd out on podcasts. Uh, I realized, why don't we do something like that for our map meeting? And they have very specific structure, very specific rules that you need to follow. I didn't charge anything <laughs> because I know the mastermind groups, oftentimes you need to pay something to belong to one. So the idea of the map is still a way from making money out of it. Um, but the whole idea is this concept of having a, 
a very uh, distributed time of that one hour that now we dedicate to this. And it's organized in the following way. You have the first 15 minutes where people can talk about the high and lows. Things are good. Well, not, but the important thing is that during that 15 minute time frame, generally the person that talked the, day, the, the previous time is supposed to report on what he or she has done. And that's the accountability part that we can go back to. And the key, the important part is that there is half an hour or so where a person, which happens on rotation, is put on what we call the hot seat. And so this person presents either an issue or an idea to be discussed. And the other people would then chip in and say, okay, if it's an issue, try to troubleshoot. And if it's an idea, give me feedback. And the idea is that then there is the final 15 minutes where sort of a plan it's put in place or at least a framework and say well based on this discussion that we had we think you should be doing this and that defined your homework for the things to do and then what to report on on the following meeting and the way that we organize this is once a month we meet of course now it's happening virtual we started in person but it works perfectly fine uh, virtual it's much better in person to be honest at least from my perspective and that's how it works. It's a small number of people. We found that somewhere between five and seven, it's probably the ideal group of people. It doesn't have to be all people in the same department. Like in our case, actually almost every person is in a different department of the people that are currently in this version 2.0. And I think it's working pretty well because honestly, this thing has been running for the past five years. Hmm. It's the same group of people. We have, well, except for two people that actually left Hopkins, but we were considering keeping them on the loop but uh, uh, has been working for this past five years so I think something is working there and I have to be honest the most important thing is this idea that I I'm pretty sure everybody feels like they're getting something out of that so you know one of the key things that they say in relationship in relationship it's a great relationship if every person in the relation would say oh I benefit from this and the other person oh no I'm the one benefiting from this <laughs> So in, in the mock meeting, what I the sense that I, I feel is that everybody's always learning something. And it's 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 a great venue because I'm a strong believer of the of the idea that you don't know what you don't know. Okay. And it comes out so often during these meetings when I'm here, other people say, wait, what? You, you can do what? <laughs> or wait, oh you will deal with that in that way. I never thought about that. Or Wow, it's possible to do this? I never considered that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to ask you to, to share maybe an example, G, of um, that 30-minute portion of what happens and maybe somebody has raised an issue, the, either an idea or they want to brainstorm creative solutions. But I, I want to just clarify for the audience that the MAP, the MAP, stands for Mentoring Accountability Peer Group. And you mentioned kindly that you kind of um, riffed off of the WAGs. WAGs are writing accountability groups. And the WAGs are um, five to seven people who, who meet for 10, 10 weeks at a time, one hour a week. And the same kind of a structured hour where the first 15 minutes is accountability. What did you say you were going to do last week in terms of your writing habit? What did you do the past seven days? And then there's a timed communal writing 30 minute segment in the middle where everyone just does their own writing practice. And then the 15 minute wrap up at the end of that is, okay, what did you do during that 30 minutes of timed communal writing that we all had together? And what will you do next week? So you're exactly right. And that 
the structure, I think, is what is good. And you you said something else that was really important that I, I hope people heard. And that is that you said it, I think, twice, that this is nothing like earth shattering, groundbreaking. But sometimes when we just put structure around something, it can be a very, very simple concept that it, it really is what we need to put us over the line in terms of getting started on, for example, developing a new habit. Because you just reminded me when we first started WAGS, a mentee back in Rush University Medical Center in Chicago, Dr. Karma Fouché, she's the one who came to me and said, I don't feel like I'm writing enough. I'm not as productive, scholarly as I want to be. You know, what should I do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. What, there's got to be literature around there. And then long story short, anybody can go to wagyourwork.com and see the website and all the materials. Again, the wagyourwork.com. But we followed Paul Sylvia's book, How to Write a Lot. And Paul Sylvia talks about the process of writing. What we did is we wrapped structure around that. So we created the WAGs to give structure to the process and then hence the outcomes, the classic Don Obedience, structure, process, outcomes. And so what I love about what you did is taking something that's just very, it's, it's simple. It's, it's, it's a small group of people building community, building relationships. What you said so nicely is capitalizing when you don't know what you don't know. And so we learn from each other's mistakes, from our successes. There's so much wisdom we all have that we, since it's common sense to us, we think, well, everybody must know that. So that's what I love about building small communities of engagement. And and I also love how you notice that, gosh, there's got to be another forum for us to do this. You're noticing that people are asking questions saying, oh, I wish we had this or I wish we had that. Again, another reminder, necessity is the mother of all invention. Necessity is the mother of all invention. You saw a need and you came up with this. So kudos to you. And I'm going to stop yammering. And I want you, G, to give us maybe an example or two of what kinds of conversations happened during that 30-minute chunk. Can you think of anything? Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the beauty. I can tell you that over the five years that we have been running this, I've heard and I have discussed so many different things. That starts with, of course, at the beginning, probably you're a little bit hesitant in being vulnerable which is one aspect eventually that makes those meetings even more meaningful later on. I would say, for example, <laughs> I can tell my first topic, paradoxically, was that I posed was like, how do I find a mentor? So I asked at the mentoring meeting, how do I find a mentor? <laughs> and uh, because I, asked, I, I told, as I mentioned in the beginning, and my, my concern was I don't feel like I'm receiving enough basic science-oriented mentoring, not out of fault of the people that were trying to help me here, but just because it's not their expertise. But I also had this issue, and that's how I was explaining to them, I feel weird and approaching somebody that doesn't know me and practically send a, like a letter and say, hey, do you want to be my BFF? Because <laughs> I really need you to tell me if I'm screwing this up or if I'm doing the right things here and there. And I felt like I cannot approach a professor and, and <laughs> say something like that. So I honestly put it in those terms and we started having a conversation and some people were like, why not? Why not? Just the worst thing that can happen, they either don't answer to you or they answer to you and say, well, uh, let's have a, a, a discussion and see what comes out of this. But in the discussion, I remember also something came up more of you still need, and I learned this also from uh, Dr. Yusem, you need to be proactive on uh, on your mentoring and you need to 
kind of managing up your mentorship. So when you approach somebody, you want to propose specific goals or specific ideas. It's not a point blank. Do you want to be my mentor? It's more like um, something like, I, I believe you have great experience on this. I'm encountering some difficulties in uh, facing uh, this aspect. I don't know, the organization of my time management for writing grants. Would you have some advice? So approaching somebody. So this idea of how to approach a potential mentor and then discussing among them the people that I was thinking of approaching and everybody pitching in and their comment, and, which is another thing that I, I have to say, going back to your original question on, again on the characteristic, the key aspects for a successful map is that people need to feel safe in sharing their thoughts and their opinion because of course if you feel like i'm going to say something but then somebody's going to take it over as somewhere else um of course you, you don't give honest feedback which is absolutely needed um there and so we were talking about different people and our opinions and how oh, i can sense that that person it's not that good in mentoring it's a great scientist but not that good at mentoring or this one no this one is fantastic so we have discussion like that that was an example but the topics were the most disparate from have an issue with personnel in the lab and say, look, this student is not doing the things that I recommend doing. How do I direct them? Or um, what can I do? Or an uh, uh, issue with conflict in uh, in the lab, either with other people. Uh, a topic that came up many times was we're having an issue with collaborators. They're not doing their part of the job or they're delivering something different or they're acting weird. And we can talk freely during those sessions because, of course, nothing comes out of that, but discussing, look, and, and the suggestion could be there is no solution for this right now, but you really need to talk with your chair or you really need to talk with Kim or you really need to talk uh, with somebody in HR and, uh, and let them know. So the solution could be suggested on the other things to do outside. We don't necessarily find the solution during the meeting, but it's great. The idea that, of course, you have these sessions where you have people that back you and say, oh, okay, yes, I see the problem. But the other important thing, and it, it gets confused at times, is that this is not just to talk about problems. And that's one of the things that I often reiterate, and there is another topic that we need to talk about, but uh, the map is not a venting session. Yes, sure, we have used it for that sometimes, and it was fantastic during the COVID when the, all the labs shut down. Mm. We discussed, we kept going with the COVID, and uh, sorry, with the map meeting during COVID um, shut down, and uh, many of the sessions were not as structured. It was just an hour where we were chit-chatting because it was nice to talk with others and say, hey, what are you going through here, and how are you dealing with that, and uh, hey, be strong. It's okay. We can do this. And how about, have you thought about this? I, I'm not going to say we find solutions for everything, but it's a great support. It's moral support too. But one thing that I extremely important, and you mentioned that uh, when you were talking about the WAGs too, um, the, the nice thing about the WAG is that it's a defined amount of time. So once people decide to commit to that, it, there's a commitment. The map, we didn't feel like making a commitment and say, oh, you know, it's going to run for five sessions. Or uh, It was more an experiment of, let's run this and let's see. But I've noticed that it requires, and this is not to say anything bad about others, it's just how the dynamics work. Um, it requires a very determined person to keep the organization and the calendar of this event for happening. 
that's part of how the first version, the variation of the map didn't pan out that nicely and died after a while, because it wasn't really there that there was one person that was very okay. interested in to, okay, a week before the meeting, I'm going to send a reminder to everyone and then making sure that there is a person on the hot seat and that person is ready with a topic, which ideally you want to share before, but it doesn't have to be. And then making sure that everybody is on board and everybody is going to be there. No, not that many people want to be burdened by that because it's more of a burden. Honestly, I realized I take out so much from the map meeting that I decided to be that person. It, it's it was just a personal decision and say, I'm gaining so much by talking with these other peers that are going through other experiences so that I can learn from that, that the cost of being the organizer and going after people and say, hey, next week, it's your turn. Are you available? And do you have a topic to discuss? It's such a little price to pay, but it's necessary because if you... Unless you find a group of other people, of course, I guess it will depend on their type. But uh, if you leave it out there, after a while, it's going to die out mm. for sure. Well, that's so generous of you. And I'm not surprised, but you're exactly right. Every effort requires a leader and someone to own the process. And it is things will slide if there's no consistent effort at sustaining something. And then, you know, you follow the recipe. I mean, when I when people would say, well, do WAGs work or when don't they work? And to me, it was always they, they don't work when you start deviating from the routine, from the schedule or from the it's I would always give the example of you can't, you know, join a gym and say, oh, that gym was lousy. I didn't get in shape. I didn't get fit. I didn't lose any body fat. And people say, oh, well, what would you do? Well, I, I didn't go. I mean, I joined, but I never went there. Or, or if I went, I hang out in the locker room and chit chat. You have to really work the system. And so I think it's, you know, you're very generous. And a lot of us wish that we had resources or people who would organize these things for us. But oftentimes I'm, I'm like you, G, I'll be like, well, by the time I send an email to a program coordinator asking them to do A, B, and C, I could have, you know, done that myself in like 30 seconds. And to me, it's a, you're right. It's a minimal effort for a bigger gain. So that return on investment is, is worth it to me. So thank you for doing that. And, and also for being on us and talking about that, that yeah, you need somebody who's going to step up. I, I really hope other people do that. I know that uh, we, we are trying, so we had organized a lunch and learn in the past and we can be discussing more about this. I think people don't really think in those terms, to be honest, there is still pretty, uh, imprinted in the, in the culture in academia that, of course, you need to make it on your own. You need to show and demonstrate that you are a great scientist or, or clinician. And it's still, we battle, we struggle with the idea, well, we all need help. And again, what I am, I'm really constantly always kind of pursuing the idea, I need to learn more from other people. And here, constantly right and left the most successful people and that's way beyond the academia they all had a coach they all had a, a mentor and people that um vouched for them i'm not saying that the map meeting maybe it's that but it's an incredible tool i feel mm -hmm. and oftentimes people again don't think about the usefulness of that until we have member of the of the map meeting at the beginning being very hesitant and say I don't know if I really need that and I have a good mentor structure from my department where I have assigned mentors and so forth so I feel like I'm probably pretty uh 
covering my basis and then coming to the meeting and after three or four sessions they're like oh no no i'm here i'm here because i'm hearing all things that uh, i never thought of or um, i do have some problems that i find that harder or it's even better i get more prepared in my meetings with my mentor because i've discussed some things with you so uh, i really encourage them to think of other people to think about it and uh, it's not that difficult it's definitely we do it once a month and for people can decide it um it, we we tried once every two weeks and we felt like it was a little bit too rushed and uh, too much on uh, on people the ideal would probably be every three weeks but it, the way that three weeks work it's so complicated that we ended up resolving on the one time a month but of course there's freedom there and now when everybody's on zoom it should be even easier to find the time and get in contact it doesn't even have to be at the same institute to be honest that would be an interesting experiment i think hey georgia do, does anyone ever talk about family stuff or is it all career it's everything it always starts with newer people at least i, I mean i'm making it sound like i've been doing this for decades with so many different people but um it always starts with work related stuff but no has gone into personal issues we have talked about family of course with covid we were all like what are you going to do with your kids uh, when they are here at home of course that was the biggest topic and talking about is the university going to help us with childcare or with mental health because also we have some issue here and there so no 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 the topic of uh Dealing uh, with uh, some issues outside of work, uh, it's always welcome and has appeared. And it goes on personality, also how people feel comfortable in sharing or not. But we did have sharing moments of very personal stuff that, that, that went on. And it's great because at the end, of course, we feel like there's this connection with these people that it's not just bound to the map meeting. I know that I can reach out to them. Uh, I wouldn't say they're my best friend, but I definitely... Uh, admire them and uh, have great consideration because of the conversations we had that's definitely beyond work just work but that that building relationships building communities being engaged involved connectedness that belonging that's what Tate Shanafelt talks about in burnout that if you don't have friendships or relationships or connection it's easier to to be disengaged from from our work but uh, so the other thing I feel like it's it's important. It goes back to the accountability part. So we always look forward to hear what the person has done at the following session. And I think that's an important driver. Um, this goes back to, to the utility of it. It's not just, you know, we give you advice once and you decide to follow or not. But now the, the following session, you're supposed to say, and everybody's there waiting and say, okay, tell us, yeah. what about that issue? Like... With that collaborator, did you talk with your chair? Did you talk with that personnel that was giving you issues? Have you done that? So you know it's going to happen. And you're going to either be applauded for having taken some initiative or or in a very fun way, you might be shamed. Say, well, you didn't do that. That was one of the principles of the WAG. That whole accountability component was what lit the fire under your tush because you don't want to be the one who shows up to the meeting going, oh, I said I was going to do what? Nah, I didn't do that. Another really important point you made is that some people think, well, I don't need that, this math, this mentoring accountability peer group, because I have mentors, I have a team, I'm good, I've got myself covered. And then you you mentioned that, you know, that we learn so much from each other. And what you said then when I asked you about family and, you know, family work 
integration that a lot of these things, I imagine personally, many of us wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable talking to our mentors about that. You know, with our mentors at work, oftentimes, you know, they're senior to us, many of them are. And a lot of us, as I can imagine, especially early career faculty members, they don't really want to get into, you know, personal home life issues and childcare and partners and home and parents who are sick or healthcare issues. They kind of want to keep it right to the, you know, nitty gritty you know, academic medicine to be taken seriously. So that's another safety, another another beauty part of this is not only is it a safe for the faculty members, but it's um, it opens up a whole other way to learn and then feel that, oh, you know, academic medicine can be so isolating and lonely and you feel like the imposter syndrome. So yes, it's safe to have other friends and people who are along the same line or trajectory as you are and not that far up the academic rung and maybe you've experienced some things. But then it it gives you an opening for things that you wouldn't feel comfortable talking to senior people or people who are supervising you that you maybe feel intimidated by them. So I think that the map is just great because it serves a bunch of different functions. And one of, you know, that important thing of feeling like there are people who are like me. I'm not alone, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I I agree. If I can comment on that, I, w- I would say then that the, there are two problems that are generally that, of course, talking about personal issues, and it's not just an academia thing, but it's often unfortunately perceived as a weakness and say, what, you have problems? What's wrong with you? And, and uh, <laughs> it's so sad because unfortunately, that's how we are raised and stuff. So, and I don't want to be too philosophical here, but uh, as you were saying, yeah, it's an issue related to that loneliness and so forth that we sometimes feel at work. And I'm not saying this is a cure, but it's definitely helping. However, it's not going to happen automatically. My impression, and I think I mentioned that earlier, I don't remember who taught me this, but I'm saying that to have a true relationship with other people, probably you need to be the first one to be vulnerable and share something personal. So that would be my recommendation that people early on, at least one person in the group, takes the courage to take the hot seat and say, today we're going to talk about this topic. And it's not necessarily working, but it's like, uh, I am taking care of an aging parent and I feel overwhelmed with uh, um, the load that I have. What would you recommend doing? Because this is killing me. And over there, uh, there is the opening and, and say, wow, yeah, we all have some problems. And then somebody else sharing, look, I have a problem. It's not the same, but it's this, and this is how I dealt with that. And it's beautiful because at that point, yeah, sure, there is a better connection and more meaningful um, kind of helpful interaction because at that point, you start talking about the real, some of the real problems that people don't bring up. And, and maybe you're overwhelmed by work, but it's not because of work or because of the structure of work. Yeah. So I totally agree. I, and again, I don't want to sound like, oh, this is fantastic. We should all do it. <laughs> it might not be for everyone. I mean, there are people that receive beautiful mentoring and I envy those people and not saying that I didn't have great mentoring in my life but definitely that there's some aspects missing here and there that I felt like I needed but absolutely some lucky person or super smart people are there and they already know what they need to do and how to deal great for them I would love the idea of learning from them so if you can still come to a map and teach me something I will be all here okay that, that there's something really, really unique when there are people who are like you, because you can talk to a mentor who you think, oh, that's a professor, tenured, hundreds of publications, a lifelong history of grants. You can talk to a coach, 
who maybe doesn't know academic medicine or doesn't know the Hopkins or fill in the blank, whatever university you are, doesn't know the culture. You can talk to a therapist and the therapist doesn't know anything about maybe academic medicine or doesn't know about your stressors at work. And you could talk to your director or your program chair person or your department director, all these people. And there's certain, it seems to me there would be a certain level, your, your pastor or your rabbi, there's a certain level of um, you know disconnect that they don't you may part of us may not feel like they get it because they don't they don't understand what my job is or how how tough it is or the challenges. But there's something unique when you're with peers. They're like, oh yeah, I get that, and you have confidence that they do because they're doing the same or that they're in the same environment, the culture. They 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 get that, and you don't have to go into all the excruciating detail. What is a grant? well, a grant is, or what's a paper? What do you mean a paper? And you're like, ah, and so then that kind of adds to your frustration because you don't understand it. Like, it's so easy. My friend just said the other day, I was talking to her about something at work and she's an architect. And she said, well, well, if, if you, if you get fired for being associate dean for faculty development, you're already a professor, right? Can't you just be a professor? And I'm like, yeah, I can just be a professor, but if, I, um, who's going to pay for my salary? If I don't, you know, provide get grant funding to provide 100% of my salary who's I'm not going to have a job and she said really I said yeah there are lots of faculty we have to provide the money to support our salaries and she said wow who knew being a professor was so hard and I was like yeah I did I said it's not an easy and so people outside of our industry think that you know it's uh, they, they just don't understand so I think that's what some so unique about the mentoring accountability peer group, the map that you created is that it it gives you so many layers of aha, I'm home. People get me. I get them. I feel understood. I feel heard. So congratulations. I think it's just wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> well, as I said at the beginning, I feel like I'm the one that has benefited the most out of it. <laughs> but uh, definitely not in a selfish way. But I, I totally agree. And, and in relation to that one point to that, I mean, at the beginning, I, I explained that as of now, it has been mostly people like in our group being related to basic science. But I don't feel like it has to be. As, as you said, it's important probably that it is a group of people that are connected to the environment where you work to give you proper feedback. So the idea, oh, it could be also clinicians then are in the, in the group. So a mixed group. And it doesn't have to be that the map needs to be uh, revolving toward a specialty or a, or a specific discipline. Um, at the same time, you just need to find the right people. And from that perspective, I've been lucky, I feel, but I hear a lot. This goes back to the idea of the mastermind groups that sometimes you need to reshuffle and and be honest. So some people, um, there is chemistry in the group and, and you keep going. And if there is no chemistry, be brutally honest. And, and uh, I don't know if this, it, as I said, I never had to deal with that. And I don't know if like me as the kind of organizer would be the one going to them and say, hey, we really think you're not really benefit from this. And maybe we should re reshuffle how we do the, the map. Maybe you should look for another group to join. Or I, I'm not sure if that will happen naturally, but I highly recommend that uh, keeping an eye on the dynamics because you definitely want to have a group of people that feel that connection coming after a few sessions, as you said, that I understand I said, I hear you. I know when I'm writing a grant or a, 
negotiating is about or feeling like, oh my God, how am I going to cover my salary? And uh, it needs to be there for uh, for this part. Then, of course, there is other network that you need to have, other circle of friends and and peers outside of that. But it complements very nicely, I feel. Very nice. Yeah, I totally agree. You need people to be dedicated to the group. You can't have like a running club for with five people and three of the people don't show up or they show up randomly and you know how you start a meeting and two people walk in late and then the, the leader of the meeting will start way back in the day. Oh, sorry, you just walked in late, Kim. Well, what we were talking about and everybody in there also in the room goes, oh, we got to go all the way back to the bidding again because you're late. So it really disrupts the flow when you have someone in a small group who is not a regular attendee. They're not really invested in it. They're not doing their homework. You're right. There's a lot about the culture of a group is really important to get people who are going to be in it to win it. They're committed to it. They're believing it and um, they're going to be all in. So that's so, so important. Well, Giorgio, I'm going to leave you with a last comment. If you have anything you'd like to share with the Faculty Factory podcast before we close out. First of all, thank you again for the honor of talking here with you. It's a fantastic platform. And I would just part by, by saying to everyone, think about not necessarily of setting up a, a map uh, group, but really think about, uh, don't be afraid to show that you need help. And a map meeting could be the solution and something that eventually we can help organizing. And that's a possibility eventually in the future. But my recommendation to everyone is that the resources are coming there. There's your podcast. There is the office, in our case, Office of Faculty Development. There are so many resources that I feel like that are underutilized. The people that uh, are even not sure what they need and what they want to do. Don't be shy. Ask reach out and see what happens and sometimes put some initiative in that and other times just go with the flow. But uh, I would say explore. That has been pretty exciting and a learning experience that no matter what I've treasured. So I highly hope that other people will go that route too. Thank you, Giorgio. Faculty Factory podcast friends, you've been learning from Dr. Giorgio Remondi, my smiling friend here at Hopkins. And thank you so much. This has been great. And I hope you all tune in next time to the Faculty Factory podcast. Bye, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions. We encourage you to go to facultyfactory.org to find out more, get in touch with me, ask me any questions. Maybe you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. We'll see you next time. The Faculty Factory Podcast and website is sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine Office of Faculty. For more information, visit facultyfactory.org.